Welcome to Beating Cancer Daily. Beating stage four cancer for 30 years still takes my breath away every time I say it. I'm Saren, founder of the Comedy Cures Foundation, and I hope you'll join me for just a few minutes daily for the next 365 days so we may laugh, learn, maybe cry a little as we live our best days beating cancer daily together. I had to have her come back because Missy Hall, our comedian, friend, breast cancer survivor that we've been talking to through her whole journey, said a phrase the last episode that we did together on Beating Cancer Daily that was really interesting to me. And I know it was interesting to you also because people wrote in about it and wanted to know more about biological innocence being taken away. So I just said, Missy, we got to talk about this more because it really struck a chord, not only with me, but with people who listen. So welcome back to Beating Cancer Daily, Missy Hall. Hello, hello. I, again, I'm so happy and grateful to be here. So look at you, girl, creating a phrase that none of us have heard before. And I have to ask you more about it because we jumped to another topic. And I really want to explore this for a moment. Talk to me about going through this cancer journey and feeling like you've lost your biological innocence. It's It popped into my head because as a as an adult, I, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, all of these life experiences that I have had that have culminated into, I'd like to call it wisdom. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't know anybody, but you know, I've experienced so much. I know a lot about my emotions. I know a lot about my intellect. I know a lot about my personality. And your um, body in terms and, of you thought as a, as a sexual woman. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like I knew for, I knew sometimes I get lower back pain. I knew also you're absolutely right. I was familiar with my body I knew what I liked to eat. I know how I like to sleep. All of these, just what I would call just the going through the life things that you kind of take for granted, perhaps, and don't pay that much attention to. And then when they said, oh, you have cancer, there's like this explosion that happens in your head And that's where I was thinking my biological innocence is gone. I didn't feel anything. I didn't know anything was wrong. I didn't know that. I didn't know how many types of cancers there were. I didn't know the difference between the type of cancer I had versus other types. And so cancer doesn't run in your family. No. Well, that's not true. Breast cancer doesn't. My grandfather had had pancreatic cancer mm-hmm. and my father had lung cancer after years and years of smoking. Okay. But, and I went to treatments with both of them. 
but it was still outside of my realm of possibility. I understand that. I that understand that. It's yeah. also progressed. The field has changed so much since our grandparents or parents could have gone through it. I mean, it is lightning changing every day. It's incredible. Which is amazing because that's why so many of us are going to have such better and longer lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And they detect it so much earlier now. Exactly. If you've listened to the podcast, I was six years undiagnosed. I presented six years before they actually realized that I had cancer and then fought uh, for two and a half years and was told to get my affairs in order. And then thank God I beat it. And that was 21 years ago that I'm considered cancer free. So there, there are so many different stories here and everybody's individual. But I do love this phrase because all of a sudden you have to become an expert in cancer. You have to. And you said it on a, on a prior episode that it will never be the same. This will now be part of every medical conversation you have. And I also see that that is another chipping away at the biological innocence because you just can't breeze into a doctor's office. You got to fill out that whole form. Uh, That's the thing. Everything now feels like cancer's driving the ship. Mm. No, it feels like When I go in for my next gynecological exam, we won't just be talking about a pap smear or menopause. We're going to be talking about the cancer medication that I'm on. We're going to be talking about my new breasts. The dentist is going to need to know. I'd mentioned that before. But also in the back of my head, now that I have experienced cancer, and I know that it doesn't play fair. I realize that there are many things that I can control and be aware of, but in general, I I don't know what's going to happen. And the thing is, is I never did. Even before cancer, there was this innocence of not knowing what's going to happen. Okay. Then something happens. And for the rest of your life, you have this new knowledge of, yes, something can happen. That's an interesting point because I think a lot of us take our health and wellness for granted and you're kind of just humming along and that happens to other people. It doesn't happen to you. And then all of a sudden you realize, whoa, I was really naive because the shoe can drop pretty fast and it can drop pretty hard. I also think that September 11th was a wake up call and then COVID was a wake up call. I think that biological innocence was even more exaggerated before 9-11 and before COVID. And now we've lost some of that. We have. Yeah. We we have. And COVID, we experienced that as a world. Yeah. And 
then we came out of it now all of us knowing that this can happen and then i got this thing all by myself and it felt actually more isolating than covid because covid we were all kind of on the same page by necessity by mandate and i felt very isolated and despite the amazing support system that I have in place, but I did feel very separate from the rest of the world. I understand that. And I think when you're going through this cancer experience, you got to find your people. And I'm so happy that you reached out to me early on because we became people. Yeah. And I know that, I mean, just listening to the episodes and then listening back to the episodes after they've been aired, I hear how you're also using the podcast, not only when you're not on it, but when you're on it to work through very authentically in front of the world, these issues. Yes. Yes. It's It's really important, I think, to find your people. You don't have to find a lot of people when you're going through cancer treatment, but at least to have one person that you can share this experience with. Because as Missy said, it can be so unbelievably isolating and it can be terrifying. I've done episodes where I share how I made certain friends and mentors in the cancer journey. One of them's called Cancer Elders and another one is called Cancer Humor Buddy. They're good episodes if you have trouble connecting with other people on how to really build a little support system for yourself. Because I do know that there are people who have no one and they really feel like they're doing this all alone, or they're in that boat without a paddle. And if you don't have someone in your immediate circle, you can reach out to, there are support groups within your hospital setting. You can ask the social worker or the psychologist or doctor or nurse where you're treating, but there are national and local organizations that can also help you through from the American Cancer Society to very specific associations that are related to your specific type of cancer. So no one should ever feel like they have no one to talk to. Yes. And one of the beautiful things that I have seen is there are so many people willing to, to connect. There are people that are like, Hey, or and organizations are like, we're out here, And we do have easy access to each other now, even just via Zoom and things like that. There's so much access and I'm so grateful for that for everybody. But Missy, you've also become an advocate. You're helping people. You've talked about how now you hear the word cancer everywhere and you walk up or you interject and you're starting to support people. And That's pretty amazing because I can tell you from just starting the Comedy Cures Foundation, my first chemo treatment from my chemo chair, that that has given me as a single mom who was going through a divorce so much light and 
fun and energy and volunteers and people to just go through this journey with me and now my survivorship. So if you are the kind of person that does enjoy helping other people or you want to try it for the first time, just reaching out and helping somebody who's a little behind you in the process of going through cancer, you might find that super gratifying and that can also break down the isolation. I agree 110%. I spoke with a woman online yesterday who was, she's only a few steps behind me, but they're drastic steps. She hasn't finished her radiation yet. And she was asking me what I experienced after. And I know that it felt good for her to get to have a conversation with somebody who just went through it. And I know that I got to feel like a steward or somebody's big sister, kind of like, okay, no, we, we can do this. We can do this. And it's familiar territory for me now. And whatever's unfamiliar, I can at least tell you what I saw or what I experienced. And it really does feel very good. I think that because of my career in comedy, I've always had the urge to bring people up and to get to almost quietly nurture in another way feels good for me as well. Oh, that's so interesting. I just got the visual of that. I'm a really visual person. So I create images when people speak and I've seen Missy perform many times. So I have this image of you on stage, so animated, playing with your hair, just (laughs) laughing with the audience because you have that great giggle. And now I just saw this other side of you who's just being a very sweet nurturer of people and quietly just connecting, which is so different from the way that you connect on stage, which can be like really hilariously bombastic when you get going. And now just seeing this side of you where you're just really being like a whisper. How interesting. It's very different for me. It's very different. And I know you have, you and I have talked just on our own about purpose and things that we are meant for. And this is a completely new, new feeling for me. And I think that's one of the gifts I've received from going through cancer is like, okay. I just have to say it the way the cab driver said it to me. When he, <laughs> when he he was eavesdropping on my calls, we were stuck in traffic. And he, when he goes, you got poipus, you got poipus. So now, Missy, you got poipus. No, I want to open up this thought that this experience can really help you think about why you are here. Like in the big question, like, why are you here? And without getting super religious or super spiritual, even though I know both of us really are faith-filled, just from this conversation of 
Why are we here? What could this have opened the door for that you weren't seeing or doing before you got this diagnosis that might be something you want to see or explore or give back now that you've had your life threatened, basically? Is there a shift happening? And I always say this on episodes, you may never want to help another person and that's okay. You may want to go right back to your life, have nothing different, try nothing differently and not search for your purpose. And that's okay too. I don't want to put any pressure on anybody to feel like they have to make some grand changes in their life. I'm just saying from helping so many patients and survivors that I do see this trend that people will use it as an inciting incident to propel themselves forward in their own hero journey on this earth. And that was a that was a, that was a little throwback to Joseph Campbell and the whole myth journey and why we're here and the hero journey which is used in in films. I think that with the loss of the biological innocence, there's been a lovely cushion of, in my case, wanting to be a steward for others. And as you said, I would certainly not want to put pressure on anyone else. I'm picturing you sitting there listening, going, oh, no, (laughs) I don't want to do this. I just want to stay home. This is just my experience. I would never want to try accounting, but it's just, I feel like the innocence that was lost does get some light in its place. Have you thought about developing this into a comedy set? about the biological innocence? I haven't because I was writing it more in just in my journaling, just what it felt like to me. And I was thinking of it more in terms of a talk going- Like a TED talk? Like a TED talk kind of a situation. If you want Um, me to help you with that, I can, because I gave one. So that would be really fun. That I think- would be wonderful because then once I get that out there in the broader strokes, then there are parts of it that can be funny in a longer form show, like a one woman show kind of a thing. Also, I mean, I had humor in my TED talk and I think a lot of the successful ones have humor. So don't be afraid to inject that into the TED talk. It's kind of the same thing. People are expecting that they're going to be very thoughtful and so intellectual and serious. And they do record many in a row. So if you can get up there and still make your point, and that would be so natural for you to interject some humor, don't shy away from it because it'll really elevate the talk and it'll set you apart from the people who are before and after you who don't know how to use humor the way you do. As I say, the very, very smart people. (laughs) (laughs) There will be people that you will learn from, and then there will be me. (laughs) No, but that is a wonderful idea. I love when we delve a little into 
your comedy world. And I love when we talk about tips or ways that we use comedy or what we're working on comedically. So is there anything that you feel like sharing today? One of the things that I think, honestly, and this is a tip that could work for anybody, but one of the things that I like to think about is just some of the words of procedures and <laughs> the big word, like we're going to do your oncotype score, but all of these big, big girl words, as I call them, <laughs> I just find it hilarious that the actual surgery that I had to remove cancer has such a clunky name, like lumpectomy, like we're going to get the <laughs> lump out, which is exactly <laughs> what it did. But then analyzing the cancer cells gets a fancy name, like the oncotype score. (laughs) (laughs) And I love how they have voices because because you were like a little bit British and educated when you said oncotype score, but you sounded a bit like a truck driver when they were pulling the lump out. That's what it, that's what it sounds like in my head. So, and it just strikes me that those terms, again, they'll be so advanced and so academic sounding. And then like a lobectomy. I'm like, (laughs) now, now that just became a dock worker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all that, but you know, the sound and then we've got the graceful, we're going to check your genetic scoring and your oncotype score. (laughs) Why does that get so much Uh, dignity? (laughs) That one just sounded like a sci-fi voice. (laughs) The lady on the spaceship. (laughs) This is why I love talking to you, Missy, because I had lumpectomy or lumpectomy and, and I never thought of it that way. And that's why comic perspective is so fun. Now I remember them saying, we're going to do a lumpectomy, which you just made fun of. And an excisional biopsy. Well, I had a couple, but excisional biopsy in my head now, because of what you just did is like excisional biopsy. It got really fancy. (laughs) And, And I wouldn't have thought of it that way until you shared it. And that's why I love talking to comedians. I love going out to eat with comedians because they let their funny freak fly. And you get to hear the crazy in their head and why they see the world in such a different way. And so when we all get together for a meal, there's like this frenetic pace of funny that happens and you walk away with so many different worldviews. I think we should put the world's problems at a writer's table and let us dissect them with world leaders around us so that they can really hear how we hear them. Yes, that I'm in. That <laughs> I am signing up for that. <laughs> I don't want to make fun or take a position on the Ukraine-Russia problem, but the fact that the Ukraine has a leader who was a former comedian, there must be moments in the situation room that get hilarious. Whereas I don't see Putin's situation room 
being as funny as the Ukrainian situation room. And again, I am not making, I have friends from the Ukraine. I have friends that have gone back and I have friends in Russia. I'm not taking sides in any way. I'm just saying that adding comic perspective into world events might help the world um, have some more peace. I agree. Because if you think like, okay, what if we sent a toddler in to talk to the world. <laughs> now, if you have a three-year-old looking at you, what is that? What are you doing? Can I go here? They're like, okay, we'll do whatever you want. Just <laughs> stop talking. <laughs> it totally work. We actually don't need guns at all. <laughs> I have another idea. What if we put both of those world leaders gonads into a mammography machine and they kept having to get scans the way we have to get mammography (laughs) scans until they come to some resolution they have to keep (laughs) they have to keep compressing the way we have to keep compressing while they're looking for breast cancer yeah not even 17 seconds and the problems would be resolved right (laughs) Missy, what a gift. What a gift you are. I'm again, I will never hear lumpectomy and oncotyping the same. And I'm gonna laugh. And people call <laughs> me when they have their diagnosis and I have to go and help and explain. And I'm gonna just burst out laughing and then I'm gonna have to explain it's because Missy's in my head. Yes. You're welcome. (laughs) If I have to be in mine, I'm going to be in yours too. (laughs) I want you all to go back and listen to all of the episodes with comedian Missy Hall. If you just go to, to wherever you listen to podcasts and you type in Missy or comedian under the Beating Cancer Daily headline, you will get all these yummy episodes with Missy. If you want to find Missy on social media, she has a wonderful Facebook live show with her husband, who's also a comedian. And you can find that on Facebook. She's also on many of the social media sites. But if you can't find her, please just write to us at comedycures.org or record a message to us and we will send you her signature And one of the most favorite things I love, Missy, is the people write in or call in and tell us that they just love you. They love hearing your episodes. They love our repartee, but they just love how authentic our conversations are and how you just are so vulnerable and so real on this podcast with us and also in your live Facebook show with your husband. And so... Thank you for gracing us with your time and presence. Thank you so much for having me. It, I enjoy it so much. It does me a world of good. And especially knowing that others might be getting something out of it is just really the happiest thing I can imagine. So thank you. I think the listeners should really understand that you make a difference for us too. We're having a ball here, right? I mean, I have done hundreds of episodes now and I still love doing it. And 
you guys influence us. What you share with us really means a lot. And so just being able to come every day and have the life force and the strength and the humor to do hundreds of episodes is such a blessing for me too. And I know I brought Missy and Jackie into this and we're all just so grateful that you tune in from all over the world. I mean, we have surpassed 35 countries already in just a few months. So thank you all. Have a blessed day and I'll see you tomorrow. I hope you guys know this, but Beating Cancer Daily is a listener and donor-supported podcast and community. So if you have some extra change, I'd love you to go to ComedyCures.org and make a donation today of whatever level is comfortable for you. And it will be tax deductible to the extent allowed by law because Comedy Cures is a nonprofit 501c3 organization founded from my chemo chair, April 1999, and we've been going strong ever since. So please consider making a donation today and help our community and this podcast thrive. Thanks so much. See you tomorrow. Guess what time it is? It's time for me to read the disclaimer. Beating Cancer Daily and the Membership Circle are not in lieu of medical advice or treatment. They are for entertainment purposes only. Please consult your healthcare team to review your best strategy. Thanks for listening.